want to speak to us this morning. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Acts chapter number 20 for a few moments. We're going to be in a couple of passages of Scripture I've been reading. If there's ever a passage of Scripture that has influenced my life more um, in the last year, it is this one right here. And I've read through this chapter time and time again, and many of us have been here in this pastor's scripture. We have looked at it as a church family. And as I began to read Acts chapter number 20, I continued to read a little bit further. Typically, whenever we're reading, we, we like to park on the verses that we know pretty well and that we have memorized or that uh, we've kind of a, a, have allowed the Lord to speak to us through and Verses 19 on down to verse number 24 are just that for many of us oftentimes in this chapter. Really, let's get right to it. The statement that is made in verse number 24 is just that. But none of these things move me. And I love this portion of Scripture and I love this chapter. But as I began to read a little bit further, the Lord began to to open the Scriptures and, and really point me to a couple of verses that I believe would be a help to us this morning. As we begin to ask this question, what does the gospel really mean to us? I want to ask you that question. You might be sitting here and you might be saved. You might have accepted Christ as your personal Savior many years ago. And you begin to reflect on your salvation. In that moment, you know that that the the, the gospel meant everything. Because if it wasn't presented, if it wasn't shared, if it wasn't read, then where would you be today? But I cannot help but shake the words of many individuals in my, my own life. And I go back to a, a time whenever I remember hearing the, the last words that my grandfather ever uttered. This morning in the Sunday school hour, we were talking and I briefly shared this. The very last words that my grandfather uttered were, Today is a good day before he passed. Now can I share with you why he was able to utter those words? It wasn't because he was about to be done with all the pain and he was ready to be done with pain. No, that's not what made that day a great day. It wasn't that he didn't have to worry about the the financial struggles of life anymore, the the pain of life anymore, the, the sickness in life anymore. That wasn't what made that day a great day. It wasn't the fact that he, he was going to get away from the pressures of life or the, the problems of life or, or all of the, 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 the trials in life. It wasn't those things that made that day a great day. And for every single one that has ever passed that knows the Lord Jesus Christ, all of those things are what, not what made their day of passing great. Can I share with you what made that day so great to him and he understood and he was at peace with that is because he was about to enter into the presence of the one who made all the difference in his life. Can I share with you this morning, as you open the Word of God and you come to a passage of Scripture in the life of Paul, Paul is going to go on and he's going to begin to present to you what life he had been given was going to be used up for God. He wasn't going to use it up for his own hobbies. He wasn't going to use it up for his own plans. He wasn't going to use it up for his own will. His life was yielded to the Lord. And as you go and you begin to study the life of Paul, you'll also find in in 2 Timothy, as the Bible says in verse 1, I charge thee therefore before God. And then you come on down to verse number 5, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and make full proof of thy ministry. For now I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. You go and you look at the life of Paul And you study his shipwrecks. You study the the trials that he went through. You study the problems that he endured. You study the the afflictions that he had. You study the, the, the ridicule, the mocking, all of that. 
you'll find that even despite all of that, he understood that Jesus was worthy. That he was worthy of all. In Acts chapter number 20, verse number 19, the Bible says, Serving the Lord with all humility of mind. Then with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, and neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves, do all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember, and by the space of three years I cease not to warn every one night and day with tears. Now, brethren, I commend you to God, to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up, and to give you an inheritance among all of them which are sanctified. As you walk through these verses, and we will begin to highlight a couple of statements that you'll find in the life of Paul. You're aware of, of what is taking place in the life of Paul up to this point. Paul, right here in this pastor of Scripture, as you come and you see his life, Paul was bound to some things. We've made reference to that many, many times. And as you go and you look at the statement that he is making right here in verse number 22, and now behold, I go bound in the Spirit. He is making this statement of being bound because he was revealing to them that he was so yielded to God that it was nothing in him, but he could not help but continue to go forward. The Holy Spirit of God was working in his life, and the Lord was leading him every single step of the way. He was burdened for the people. You go and you look at the, the burdens of Paul. Paul begins to reveal in verse 19 on down as he says, Serving the Lord with all humility of mind, with many tears, temptations which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you. Notice these words, publicly and from house to house. Can I share with you, he's saying very simply, he's done it publicly and he's also done it privately. As you go and you look at the public ministry of Paul here in just a minute, he's going to highlight this. And we're going to see three things that Paul is highlighting as he is revealing to the people his burden for them. Not only did he have a burden publicly that he was going from house to house and he was publicly speaking the name of Christ and he was trying to point people to Jesus, but Paul was one, as you go to the book of Philippians in chapter number 1, Paul begins to reveal to the people that he had them on his mind, he had them in his heart, he had them in his prayers. Paul was one that not only was willing to go publicly, but he labored in private for the people. He was, it wasn't just enough to say, Lord, give me an opportunity to go and to present the gospel out there. But while he was going in public, he was also, at times in his life, he was praying in private. God opened the doors 
And you see, many times in our lives, if we're not careful, we're only willing to go publicly, but we don't want to do the work that it takes in private. We don't want to labor in prayer. We don't want to labor in prayer with tears. And we don't want to spend our time on our knees begging and pleading for God to give us a burden for people. And we don't want to spend our time in prayer because, man, no one sees that. And that is one of the major issues with many times our Christianity right there is that we are so consumed with what other people see of our lives. Well, if they don't see me serving, then does it matter? Yes, because it's not about them. It's all about Jesus. Why are you serving? Why are you doing what you're doing? And so you see his burden as he is beginning to say it was a public burden. It was a private burden as you see in the life of Paul. But he was broken. And I don't just mean that he was broken over souls. Yes, he was broken over souls. But it's been said many times. That there's a small book that I have read many, many times. Entitled, When Did I Die? When Did You Die? And it just sits on my mantle, and I've got it in my little, uh, there's a stack of books that I keep that are regular books that I go to and just encourage myself and remind myself of the valuable lessons within them. There's such a, a beautiful picture in that book that he begins to paint on a dead person because a dead person can't get offended. A dead person can't speak and say no. A dead person can't gripe about their problems. A dead person can't gripe about their situation. A dead person can't complain or a dead person can't compare. A dead person can't be jealous of someone else. He ha- he, a dead person is content and a dead person is simply just dead. And as you walk into this passage of Scripture in verse number 24, he says, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. You know why he didn't? Because he was dead. Paul, later on, as we read in Scripture, Paul would begin to reveal to us as he says, I died daily. Paul understood the, the, the wrestling of the flesh. Paul understood the battle that he had was not with others, but with himself. Paul would go on to say, the things that I know to do, those things I'm not doing, but the things that I know I'm not supposed to do, I keep giving myself to those things. A wrestling within himself. And it's been said many times that the greatest struggle and the greatest person we have issues with in our lives is not other people, but the person we're looking at in the mirror. Every single day of our lives, that's the struggle. And we're going to yield to the Lord's will and to the Lord's plans, or we're going to give in to our own plans, and we think this is what has to be done. Paul says, no, I die daily. And so in verse number twenty-five or 24, he says, Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. As I go back to that statement that was made by my grandfather, today is a good day. At the end of my journey, when I'm lying on my bed about to die, when I'm in the hospital, wherever I'm at, I want to be able to utter those words, today is a good day. Not because it's a good day, just because of all the problems being gone. But because I acknowledge I'm about to be in the presence of my Savior and how wonderful that's going to be. You see, Paul here in this passage of Scripture, as you continue walking on down, I want to point out three things that we see within Paul's life that we ought to begin to think about. Number one, we see Paul's communication. Paul's communication. In verse number 20, he outlines this as he says, How I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. You see, Paul was one. That word showed speaks of, as he goes on, he says, to know or to inform if you would. It wasn't a conversation in passing. Paul was not about that. Paul was not about saying, hey, go look this up on Google. 
Paul was not about the, the life of, hey, if you're ever interested in this, then, then just go check it out for yourself. No, Paul was one, as he was going and he was preaching the gospel, he was stopping and he was showing the people what he was talking about. And so he goes on and he says not only that he showed them, but as he says that word taught, if you would. That word taught speaks of to instruct. Can I summarize it for you? It's the opposite of entertainment. And that's what we're seeing in our nation today. A lot of entertainment, but no Bible. A lot, lot of feel good, but no scripture. A lot of my opinion, but none of what God has to say. Paul was not about that. Paul says right here, how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. That word profitable speaks of that which is good, that which would edify, that which would help, that which would point to the truth of God's word. You want to know how to live for the Lord? Get in God's word. You want to be a happy Christian? Get in God's Word. You want to find joy? Get in God's Word. You want to find the life that the Lord would have for you? Get into God's Word. That is why in verse number 24, he goes on and says that I might finish my course with joy. How could he finish his course with joy? Because he was so dead that he was only doing that which would please his Father, which in turn pleased him. You see, many times we get it wrong. We think we've got to do what we want to do to be happy. That's not where joy is found. That's not where happiness is found. Happiness is found in the internal things. I was listening to a, an individual that was talking just the other day on leadership, and he was talking about his company, and he was talking about being rich and all the money that he had. He said, began to, to think about this, as he began to, to get very wealthy, he one day went out and he just purchased a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or whatever that vehicle was. And he said, you know, I found out rather quickly that I drove that thing for about 24 hours, 48 hours, and I got tired of it. It, wasn't ha- it didn't bring me the happiness I was searching for. I'd spend my money on this, and I'd spend my money on that, and I, I found out rather quickly that all of the stuff and the things that we think we need, they don't matter. He said, let me, let me illustrate this for you. He said, you're getting paid $100,000. You go, walk into your office one day, and your boss says, hey, we're going to give you a raise. Now you're going to be making $200,000. He said, oh, for about a week or so, you're going to be happy about that. $200,000? Man, what an increase. He said, but then you'll realize it's not bringing all the happiness you thought it would bring. It's not bringing all of the joy that you've been searching for. As I began to think about this, this man's not a Christian. This man is just very simply outlining the, the many reasons that so many people are miserable in life. And as I began to think about that, that is so true of so many people's lives. We think we have to have all this, but take it a step further. We think we have to do things our way for us to find happiness. Paul says, no, 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 no. In verse number 24, he goes on and he says, but none of these things move me, neither count on my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received, Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. You see his communication here. These words that are being used, the word show, the word taught, he goes on and uses the word testify in verse number 24. That word testify speaks of building up, if you would. It's speaking of being bold, if you would. Paul, if you were to think about Paul's life, Paul was one who was not going to shy away from speaking about the name of Jesus in the presence of those that would get offended by that. You say, well, how do you know? Well, you read in the life of Paul, you'll find out that he was beaten. He was left for dead. As a matter of fact, later on in Scripture, you're going to find that he was accused of some things. And Paul would later on go and he'd begin to clear the air and he'd say, no, 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 no. Never once did I walk into any of these cities saying I need this if I'm going to present the God. No, he said, as a matter of fact, I didn't ask anything. He went into these cities, he began to preach the gospel, and he was doing so because he knew those people needed it. 
not because he was getting anything out of it. He didn't walk in asking for clothing. He didn't walk in asking for food. He didn't walk in asking for housing. He didn't walk. He just wanted to present the gospel. I love all throughout Scripture, you begin to see some of the greatest works of God begin to take place when people begin to place a priority on God's Word. Go and study the book of Nehemiah. Oh, the book of Nehemiah begins to outline as you go and you study the first beginning chapters all the way up to chapter number 7, I believe. And there's a physical work that is going on, and a physical work is a great work. I believe that we can all testify of the great work the Lord has done on this property, and I'm grateful for the physical work that has gone in to take place in each of these buildings on this property. But, oh, I believe every single one of us, if we get thoroughly right with God, we'd say, I'm grateful for the physical work. But, oh, if God would just send revival, that's much greater. Oh, if God would just get a hold of our hearts and our lives, and we would realize that it's not always about what we see on the outside, but what about the inside? What about what God is doing here? And so Paul would go on and he would begin to preach the gospel and he goes on and highlights all of those things. He's beginning to deal with his communication. He says, how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. But have showed you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, the word testifying, speaks of how bold he was. As you go and you continue reading on down, verse number 31, he goes on concerning his communication and says, Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. That word warn speaks of admonishing, if you would. Reproving, if you would. Here in just a few minutes, he's going to use a word by the word shunned. As you go and you realize what he is dealing with, he is saying, I didn't hold anything back. I didn't, I didn't engage the, the congregation to see, hey, am I going to preach on this sin? Because I, I really don't want to offend anyone if I preach on that. I wouldn't want to upset anyone if I touch on that sin. No, no, no. He says, it's the word of God. I'm going to preach on it. And so as you go and you walk through Paul's communication, you begin to see the burden that he had. You begin to understand that he was a broken man and he wanted to reach the people. He was bound to do this work. Very simply, Paul knew his Christ and he knew his cause. Because he knew Christ, he understood the cause that was at hand. He couldn't help but just continue moving forward. Number two, we not only see his communication, but we see his courage, Paul's courage here. In verse 22, again, the Bible says, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things which shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide in me. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. You see Paul's courage here. As you walk through this passage of Scripture, you're going to find that Paul had no fear. You say, Paul, what about the, the shipwrecks you're going to endure? I, Jesus is worthy. Paul, okay, well, what about the, the beatings you're going to face? Well, Jesus is worthy. Paul, what about the, the times in which you're going to get mocked and ridiculed? And Oh, the, yeah, those, those are going to happen, but Jesus is worthy. Can I share with you that there's something truly wonderful about presenting someone with the gospel and watching them get saved? 
There's just nothing like it. Understanding that they are lost and understanding that they are in need of a Savior and understanding they're searching for hope and they're searching for joy and they're searching for happiness, but they're searching in all the wrong places. And Paul would go on and begins to highlight all of his courage as he makes these statements, but none of these things move me. All of the things that Paul would face in his life, none of those things were going to stop him. Paul, you're going to get turned away many times. It doesn't matter. I'm going to keep going. Paul, you're going to get ridiculed. It doesn't matter. I'm going to keep going. Paul, you're going to get beaten. You're going to get, you're going to get uh, uh, mocked. You're going to get ridiculed. You're going to get left for dead. All of those things. It does not matter. None of those things move me. And as I have grown to understand what Paul is dealing with here, I want my life to count for Jesus as these young people have sung. I don't want to just talk about what the Word of God has to say. I want to live it out. I don't want to just know what the Word of God has to say. I want the power of God to take place in my own life as I present the gospel to others. I want people to get saved. Paul had a burden for these things. Notice what he says right here. In verse number 26, he says, Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Verse 31, Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day. Notice the very last word. With tears. With tears. I wonder, and I ask you this question that I had to ask myself as I was watching and reading this passage of Scripture. Are you wasting your tears on things that are unnecessary? Are you wasting your tears? You know, as I began to think about the things that oftentimes we would gripe about and we would weep about, all those many things that we complain about, I wonder, when was the last time you wept over a lost soul? When was the last time that you presented the gospel in such a way where as you walked away from that conversation, you knew that that person was not going to accept Jesus Christ that moment, that you just got a a burden for them? When was the last time that you you were listening to a missionary report on a Wednesday evening and we were giving a highlight of this missionary and some of these prayer requests and you just began to weep for that mission field because you knew that those people needed the gospel and that missionary was willing to go? When was the last, part, last time that you got a, a burden with tears in your eyes for that family member or that co-worker or that, that friend that you have or that individual that you come in contact with? When was the last time that you shed a tear for someone that was dying and going to hell? You see, those words will forever be embedded in my mind. Today is a good day, and I want others to be able to say that. I want others to be able to go through life and realize that, hey, my life without Jesus was nothing. It was going nowhere. I had problems and I had no source of relieving those problems. I had no hope. But when I found Jesus, I found it all. When I found Jesus, I found the hope that I thought I didn't know I could ever find. When I found Jesus, I found the joy that I needed. When I found Jesus, I found the happiness that I had been placing in all of these other things. And they always failed me, but Jesus never has and Jesus never will. You see, Paul understood this. He says, hey, I'm, none of these things are going to move me. I must go. I'm bound to this. And everyone, night and day, with tears. You know, we get called fanatics about certain things, whether it's sports sometimes. People say, oh, man, they're, they love them some whatever team it is. Oh, man, they're, that person, they love talking politics. Oh. Man, they're, they're, they love them some history. They love them some golf. They love them some this TV show. They love them whatever. We, we, we characterize those things. 
But may our lives not speak of those types of things that, oh, they love. No, no. may our lives speak of this one truth. Oh, they love the Lord. Oh, they, they love Jesus. You see, as you walk through the life of Paul, you're going to find out rather quickly, Paul's one desire was this, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul, you're going to go through some problems. Huh? You still worth it. Paul, are you not afraid of some of those things? No. Because as I look back on my own life and I see who I was before Jesus and I see who I am after Jesus, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even compare, as a matter of fact. And Jesus has changed my life more than you will ever be able to comprehend. You see Paul's conscience, number three. And this is really where we find ourselves this evening, or this morning, rather. Paul says in verse number 25, he says this, And now, behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember, by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. You see, number three, Paul's conscience. Paul's conscience, notice what he says at the very end. In verse number 26, he says that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Paul would begin to reveal to us that everywhere that he went, he was so willing and so yielded to the Lord that he was going to present and going to share the gospel. To the point where he would no longer have a guilty conscience if, if for some reason someone were to die, he would know that I did everything that I could. That person's been presented the gospel. And for all of us, myself included, I believe that that is something that we cannot say. I can't speak for you, but I know that many times if we're not careful, we get so caught up with our own busyness and we get so caught up with our own lives that we say, well, I've got to, I've got a plan in order. I've got to get to this place. I've got to do this. I've, I've got a timeline. I've got a deadline that I've got to meet. I don't have time to present the gospel. Time and time again, we just go about our lives. Paul says, no, 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 no. I'm pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. That word or that statement, for I have not shunned, speaks of he preached all and preached to all. But he didn't just do it. In verse number 31, by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. I have a burden this morning. I have a burden for lost souls this morning. I have a burden to, to see people's lives change. I have a burden to see what God can do as we yield our lives to Him and say, Lord, take my life. And we love to sing the hymns, and we will even stand up and we'll sing those hymns, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. But how often are we singing those words with no true desire for our lives to be consecrated, Lord, to Thee? 
And I wonder this morning, if you've come to the house of God, and as you're sitting there and you're walking through this passage of Scripture, not only are you unwilling to present the gospel, but you've been moved, and not in the right way. Paul says, but none of these things move me, neither count on my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. As I go in my own life and I think about those last words, today is a good day. I look forward to that day. And every single day that I go about my days and I begin to talk to people, I want to be able to open the Word of God and present them the gospel or share the truths of God's Word and present the gospel so that there might be someone that, that, that they, were, they were on a, a road that was only left to themselves. They were looking for hope in all the wrong places. They were looking for happiness and joy and strength and answers to everything in life in all the wrong places. That if they were to die, they would not be saying today is a good day. But all oh, the peace that comes to our mind when we realize that our lives are in the hands of God. And if I were to die right now, today would be a good day. Because of who He is. And what he has done. Can I share with you this morning, there are people you're going to come in contact with tomorrow that are hurting. And you think, oh, they just need a fix to their problem. No, they need Jesus. You're going to think, oh, they just, they, they're going through it in this season of life. They just need to get through this trial and everything will be no, they need Jesus. And you think, oh, they, they just, they're, they're man, if, they, if, if there was any way they could just get that financial blessing to get back up on their feet. No, they need Jesus. And Paul realized that. Paul had nothing else to offer. Paul would go into cities and he would say, I, have, I don't have money, I don't have this, I don't have that, but I do have something. The gospel. And you think you need clothes, but no, you need the gospel. You think you need this car, but no, you need the gospel. You think you need that trial to be done with, no, you need Jesus. And Paul understood that. Can I encourage you this morning? Will we get a burden once again with tears in our eyes and a burden on our heart the lost, and will the Lord get a hold of our hearts and lives and grip us to move us to action and say, go reach the world.